recording. I don't know why my restream is not working, but I'll have to fix that later. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, stream, uh, not stream hoster. There. Bless you. Thank you. Oh, you said Kazoo hikes. <laughs> that's, that's the way I say it. Okay, good. Later. And screaming, recording. Where's Ira? He's running late. Five second. Brother Scott. Brother Ira. MC went okay last night. Still praising the Lord. Well, that means no love. Well, the downside that the family can't sleep too well sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Scott, how's your day going, brother? Doing well, brother Ira. Thank you. Yes, I know you had a, had a full week, you know, and you got a full day, you know. But, uh, <laughs> and also, for people not aware in St. Louis, the weather has kind of changed. So, Scott, you're on your bike this evening, so I think it's going to be for you kind of chilly. It's going to be kind of wet tonight. The uh, weather uh, weather forecast is calling for rain this evening. It was uh, a little chilly, but okay this morning. It was it was not too bad. Okay, what you had? You had your leather pieces on. Yep, I have my leather on. Had my raincoat on as well. Okay. Well, anyway, that's what's going on here in St. Louis weather-wise. Okay, we're broadcasting live on Ferguson USA HotTarRio.com from beautiful St. Louis. North St. Louis County, 
at the greater St. Marsh Baptist Church Complex. Mayor Tommy Pearson is the pastor, senior is the pastor, and he's also uh, the mayor of um, uh, Fair Fountain Neighbors. And right now, without further ado, we have prayer with Elder Alan Lyles, pastor of the Walnut Park Baptist Church, located at 5547 Lillard Avenue, that's in North St. Louis, at 63120. Uh, pastor and Elder Alan Lyles of the Walnut Park Bible Chapel Church, located at 5547 Lillard Avenue, in St. Louis, Missouri, at 6120. We will be having service tomorrow. If you come out to Walnut Park, Mount Chapel Church, located 5547 Avenue, St. Louis, Missouri, 6120. Y'all, allows. How you doing today, sir? I'm fine, Aaron. Uh, right now, we're not having any service because one of the brothers is sick. Okay, well, okay, well, we want to get it out there so people won't be coming out. Okay, that's a, so right now, tomorrow, you're okay. You know, be, be safe. Matter of fact, it'll be raining, so kind of the day to pray in. Am I saying I right that real? Yep, and tell them we'll keep everybody in prayer. Prayers up, blessings down. Yes, sir. So, what you got for us? I'm sorry, what's up? What we about? What, what, you know, okay, I'm sorry, prepare. Uh, I'm in Ephesians. No, 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 we got to get our prayer in first. There. I know that? it'll be Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Oh, my God, that's all right. Go ahead. Good Let's chapter. bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we continue to thank you for your wonderful gospel. How did Christ die for our sin, was buried, and rose again? By continuing to believe it to the saving of the soul, continues to make heaven your home before you sleep and after you sleep. Heavenly Father, we thank you we are already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And thank you that our name is already written in the book of life. Everybody that's born again, your name is already written in the book of night, life if you don't know. And Heavenly Father, we just ask you to bless the lesson that uh, souls will be saved, souls that know they saved, and souls that not saved to be saved in your most darling son, Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Elder Lyles, we want to thank you for that beautiful prayer, you know, and I think one of the things you said that people need to know it's never too late, you know, to say that it's, it's not time because there are a lot of things that we've seen like never before. So there's, if there's a sign, now is the time to you know, get your life right. Because now, you know, prayers up, blessing down for, for everyone. So, yeah, so, so what do you got for us, Rev? Uh, Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Okay. <clears throat> and it starts off said part three. The walk and service of the believer as in Christ and as having the spirit. That's talking about me. <laughs> okay, bring it on now. Come on. Okay. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. See, I'm a prisoner of love, y'all. <laughs> I love being this prisoner. <laughs> Beseech you that you walk worthy. Of the vocation wherewith ye are called. See, you are called into the gospel by believing the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ to pass from death unto life before you sleep and after you sleep. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. People don't know that uh, saints, we suffer. 
What do you think so now? We suffer just like the world do. But God comforts us at those times. And he even comforts those that don't know him at that time too because they don't consider, they don't continue to stay in the same shape. So God is blessing the just and the unjust. Whether they want to believe it or not. Because he woke everybody up this morning, just and unjust. In devouring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. I got the three peace. The peace of God, peace in God, peace from God, and peace with God with number four. Peace from God, peace with God, peace for God. I forgot it again. Man is short. So, y'all know I said still there's four pieces. It said three pieces, but it could be four or two because it's in there. The word of God is inexhaustible. Yes, sir. You got that right. And it goes to say the seven unities to be kept. See, saints, you have to keep a unity with God. And here they are. There is one body, one spirit, even as ye are calling one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Now that right there, is, that's proof right there telling us that God is a consuming fire because we all in him. And, you know, people think that when they go to heaven, we're going to be looking at each other like we see each other now. Not so. Not so. See, see, we are consuming fire. That 98.6 temperature in your body is how you're going to be in fellowship and communion with God. Look out! <laughs> the ministry gifts of Christ to his body. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he said, when, the ascended, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he is ascended, what is it but that he also descended First into the lower parts of the earth. They showed that he went to hell to get them people out of hell that was down there in hell then. You know, it was a, a great gulf fix between. The upper part of it was paradise, and the lower part of the grave was hell. And it was a gulf between it. Them, that, they couldn't, them that's in, in the paradise couldn't go over to them, and them that was in the hell couldn't go over to paradise. Only way they can get over there is God through believing his gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection, and they pass from death unto life before they sleep and after they sleep. Hey, Rev, let me interrupt you for a second. Scott, we do not have the video up of no uh, screaming. We're working on it, sir. Okay. It is on Facebook. Okay, well, okay. okay. I, I'm working on it, though. 
Okay. Verse 13. It said, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Now this perfect man is not talking about you can't see him. It's talking about being mature. That's why we continue to grow in grace and the knowledge of the truth. That's maturing. That's what Adam was. Adam was already mature. When he came here, when God created him, he was mature. Perfect. Unto the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slate of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. That's all Satan want to do is to deceive you. Anytime he can, he going to do it. And you deceive yourself too without Satan. Because you're just as wicked as he is. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. Which is the head, even Christ. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplied according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, make an increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This I said therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having, and that vanity that he's talking about there is intelligence, See, they got intelligence, they think they know. Like people who have intelligence and they read the scripture, they, they read the letter, but they don't understand the spirit. Darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. Man is greedy. Always wants something and never satisfied. But you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. We're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. But God's still going to save him because when you're born again, you still got that old man right there. <laughs> People think that, I'm, look at me, I got a new body. I got a new face. Dude, that's a lie. You ain't got a new nothing. You still in that same wicked body. You just have changed your mind concerning God by believing his son, death, burial, and resurrection. Former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, 
is that you put on a new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. That's when you, that's, people want to take vengeance. They say, I'm avenging my parents and all that. No, that ain't, vengeance belongs to the Lord, not to you. You're going to mess up something. It said, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. So if you made a mistake last night, just ask the Lord to continue to bless you today. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands. The things which is good, that he may have to give to him that need it. See, God supplies our needs, not our wants. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. Every believer must edify people, the brothers and sisters. Even the unsaved, edify them to get them better so they can be saved. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and glamour and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Y'all hear that? We're always going back and talking about, well, remember when we used to do this and do that? It wasn't nothing but wickedness. Wasn't no good in it. Wasn't no salvation in it. So why is you keep repeating that? Look out! And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Amen. Okay, okay, well, Rev, you know, I think you said a mouthful there, you know, because a lot of things, just in the last part you said, you know, uh, really touches home because as people coming out, as this pandemic continues, you know, and we can have fallout, okay, people seeing that what happened two years ago, you can't do no more. When that you did last year, you can't do no more. Amen. I mean, so that is coming to, you know, uh, coming definitely into fruition, okay, as we look at ourselves, you know, as we as look at today, what happened yesterday, or last night, like you just said, it's not the same today. Amen. You know, so there's a lot, lot, to, not, not to be said, okay, by what you just said, what you just read. And again, that's the Bible being word on word, line on line. We're not what happened in our lives right now. Amen. I mean, so you had to go too far to try to find an example. <laughs> Just look around. Amen. But, you know, Rev, there's so much confusion going on now in our world here. It's just unbelievable. Yes, it is. And it's going to get worse. Yes, it is. Before it gets better. And them demons are out there, too. Yeah, like you said, you know, know, that he's out there always ready to tempt you. Yes, sir. And and like you said, you know, more so than ever before, you got to be on guard. Amen. You know, 
You know how you stay on guard? Trust in God. <laughs> That's it. Simple. Trust God. <laughs> and ask God for, you know, for directions. Yes, sir. Like when you have no problem, you try to figure out, well, what should I do? Don't call Fred. Don't call Joe. Ask God. Amen. As you know, Rev, uh, uh, people uh, need to know that the line is always open. It's never a busy signal when you call. Amen. <laughs> And I think we need to call more so now than ever before, you know? The Lord say he don't hear sinners, but uh, when, when he hear you is when you without sin. He hear you when you sinning, but he just don't answer you. He only answer the one that's not sinning, and we thank God for that. He's not going to stop you and say, oh, yeah, you can't do that. You know, that's not how it works. Thank God again for waking us up this morning. A day we ain't never seen before. about that. I think he was, uh, it was a contract put out on him. Mm. Okay, well, we're not going to sort of come to the spirit this year because there's another thing going around already, okay? Yes, sir. Okay, well, right now, okay, uh, we got a show uh, today wrapped around Colin Powell. A uh, lot to be said about that. Uh, we have some videos that we have, you know, and, and also some stuff, okay, it's not here in, in, in Northern Media. A lot of things that uh, uh, Colin Powell did in the black in the black community, okay, that affected a lot of people of color. And so right now we happen to have some some footage to show you guys. So you listen to lunch with some Zerba Chamber Comrades for a beautiful Saturday afternoon. Uh, on that note, life is good. This is a frequency USA Ontario.com. So I'll take it out of here. Amen.
Welcome back to the launch of the Brazil by Jim Cummings on a beautiful Saturday afternoon here in St. Louis. You know, the skies here early, you know, a little overcast with rain in, in the prediction. But where we are, the sun is shining in some place. Because right now, you know, uh, uh, one of the things that we all need to consider is that uh, our weather, as we look at what's going on, you know, around the world, uh, it's called climate control. We have fires, we have earthquakes. But most of the fires and stuff like that, okay, those things that okay, can be somewhat controlled. But, again, this is all part of a new world that we're going to say real said early on. There's nothing like it was like today, like yesterday. But also, we also want to continue to pray. Okay, at this point, over 45 million, million, 45 million, million, okay, Americans have, been, have come contacted the coronavirus, COVID-19, or the Delta-19 virus. Uh, but anyway, they have a new one that's probably coming out again. So again, right now, you know, uh, what we do know for a fact, you no know, matter what's coming out in the fight, that over 730-some thousand people have died. That means people have lost loved ones. Yes, you know sir. I mean? There are tables that remind somebody, and that's going to be for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So lives have been changed. So again, uh, we encourage you, anyone that listens to us, okay, uh, we know people have the, uh, you know, the different reasons, but please consider getting vaccinated because you know, it's not just for you, okay, it's for your coworkers, it's for your family members, it's for, especially for the young people because see, they go home, most of them right now in the black community especially, uh, you know, and for all people right now, times are hard. So many people, we have single citizens in the homes right now. You got young people in the home right now. You got kids. So right now, not what you thinking, okay, is going to affect somebody else. Like your grandmother, your uncle, you know what I mean? Or your father, your mother. I mean, so be cognizant, okay, of their health and how you look not for them. So right now, we continue to say here over and over and over again, uh, wear your mask. Please wear your mask. Wash your hands. That's still something we don't talk about a lot. But please wait and wash your hands. Also, social distancing is something that I spoke of a lot nowadays, okay? But please wear your mask when you're in public, okay? Because when people, this is a subject that's an airborne virus, <clears throat> like a better description, okay? That means people can breathe on you. Uh, you can breathe on somebody else. I mean, and, and, and next, next thing you know, okay, somebody has a problem. You know, in a lot of restaurants, you know, uh, we praying that, you know, that no one gets, you know, catch a virus in somebody's event or something. At that point, that creates another problem. Hey, now, hey, hey, Al. Yes, sir. Why don't they say nothing about people that have had all the shots and they still die? Then what? Well, Rev, uh, we were going to talk about that later on in the program, okay? Uh, uh, an excellent example that, uh, we, well, I'll talk about it in a few minutes, Rev. Amen. Okay. Uh, one of the things, okay, that's right now that's taking place, uh, which is some good news, is that the, uh, the, the, CDC, the CDC has finally, not finally, everything takes time, and we want to make sure we get it right, the uh, Moderna and the Johnson Johnson COVID-19 vaccine boosters uh, have came out. You know, I should say they've been authorized by the FDA, and now the CDC uh, has authorized them. So now uh, the testing has taken place, and the booster shots are now available to, to people right now. I know the Pfizer's been out for quite a while. You know, I know people are, who are getting the Pfizer's, you know, they've been in a rush to get those. 
And uh, and also with the new with the new boosters now, uh, scientists are telling us now that you now, if you have uh, say you had uh, Johnson Johnson or you had the Pfizer or you had the Moderna, you now can mix match. Okay, the or the booster shots. And that's only after you have taken a series of two shots and waited for six months or longer before getting that booster. And you gotta wait, because right now, if you got to the earlier shots, they gave you a, a small cord, okay, that, that you're supposed to keep with you at all times if you're going out someplace. Or if you, uh, if you got on your telephone, you go to different events and stuff, you know, they wanna see that cord, okay, to make sure that, you know, that you're taking a vaccination or that you're vaccinated, put it like that. And so right now, okay, it's one world uh, order. Hmm? That's the one world order. Okay. That's the and beginning we, of it. Okay. Uh, anyway, as a, uh, right now, as we looking at who qualifies for the uh, for the uh, for the for the booster shots now, is people like I said who waited uh, at least for six months. And also, you must and you need to be, you know, if you're 65 years or older, uh, you know, uh, you know, either you have, you know, they call it, you know, health conditions, or you're working around in, in, in healthcare environments and stuff like that. Also, if you're a front frontline worker, you know, people in restaurants, you know, people face to face, you know, police officers, a whole lot of people, okay, who need that booster because because their job requires them to be face to face. You know, and talk, you know, and, and breathe or breathe on them, you know. And so, again, the mass is already there. And also, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the the boosters here now. And, matter of fact, Rev, you know, you, you, you kind of took me out of sequence, okay, but I'll bring it back to you, okay. <laughs> In the case of former uh, uh, Colin Powell, who, you know, who recently died. Now, Colin Powell was, 80, was 84 years old, or 84 years young. He had multiple... Had multiple myeloma. He had a rare blood cancer that weakened the immune system and increased the risk of severe COVID-19 and reduced the vaccine effectiveness. He also had uh, had prostate cancer uh, back in 2019 and was also being treated for early stage of uh, Parkinson's disease, according to his long-term assistant Peggy uh, CIL. All right, you know, I don't want to butcher her name. And so, <laughs> so, so, so again, okay. I relate with you, bro. Go ahead. Okay, so, so, so again, okay. That's what Rev just said, okay. He, you know, he wasn't like you and I. He's 84 years old. I mean, and, but but not good for the about Colin Powell. When he appeared in public, okay, you would never know that he would have anything that just said he had. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, he appeared, you know, and good, like say, he's like, a, it's a picture of him, okay? I mean, he's, I thought he was, but he did some re- speeches recently, you know, but he didn't have, he wasn't crying about, I got this or I got that. You know, he was going about, he was near what God gave him. And that's what we should all do, try to be effective and helpful as we all can, to, you know, to, our, to our people that didn't know, and, and, and continue our mission that God has given us. Now, also, uh, as this, uh, as the answer real question there, okay, Stupidity still reigns. Okay, we got a lot of school boards. Uh, you know, and I said, and I said, school boards. You know, school boards are, are parents of uh, uh, people who live in your community who have been elected officials, and they serve. And uh, most of them are serving for free 
taking time to look up and look out what goes on in our in our schools. And one of the things right here now uh, uh, in the Republican playbook that, that they established here was they want to, uh, they try to uh, elect new members you know, in, in a party and create uh, seats on the, on the school board, which is the force people off the school boards. And so all this fighting and all this grandstanding, you have seen the last week, you know, people saying about how they've been harassed, how they've been followed around, how they're talking to their neighbors, you know. <coughs> that, that's just unprofessional to anybody. I don't care who you are, okay. Your, your people, you know, I've always been taught, and I know you have, so I just got treat people the way you want to be treated. I mean, you ain't got to be all this hatefulness. We, we, there's never been so much hate, and I, I know I'm, I'm only 72 years old. And Rev, you're a couple months older than me, okay? I know so much hate in my entire life, okay? That's the point of Ira where the Lord said the world wax worse and worse. The people. It's the people. You know, it's the people that wax worse and worse. The world is already dead. Right. And every day now you're seeing, you know, you're seeing people, you know, uh, just for, for no reason. And people like, personally, they don't know these people, okay? But let me the reason, okay? That they have a problem, you know, and that's kind of this. It's not, not good. And also, while on the COVID-19, something that uh, for the first time in our entire history, uh, we have had a problem that jobs, jobs, jobs are now open. People are, uh, are just refusing, you know, to get in the workforce now. And there's a whole lot of reason they may not want to do that. Over 4 million people, you know, uh, have decided not to go to work. I mean, and they saying, and people trying to figure out why. Well, a lot of things are taking place now because jobs are not as secure and safe as they used to be. And and we have an, uh, a, a big a big big increase in strikes around the country. Matter of fact, for the first time, you got uh, strikes taking place all across the country. You know, all across the board. You know, and people. And the reason being. People don't want to be treated the way they used to be treated. They refuse to be, to be disrespected. Amen. One of the things, look, man, I've been a, been, a, been a former teamster, being a former electrician, organizer and all. The most thing I hear from people, okay, when we, we talk to them, organizing, my boss is going to mistreat me. He's not treating me fair. He disrespected me. In other parties, they don't want to give me a raise. But right now, okay, people... I know in the city of St. Louis, here in St. Louis City, government, okay, for the city of St. Louis, okay, they got a lot of vacancies. I should say they had a lot of vacancies. But they sold off on $3,000 raises to new, to new employees. And guess what? People are starting to come in and fill the applications out. And that's around the country. People are saying, you want to pay me more. I mean, in the restaurant business, you say, well, uh, that's not a bad thing, but... Most restaurant workers work for very little. They're the lowest paid people in most cases, and they work for tips. And so, so you go into work every day and saying, I can't live like this. And now, if you look at uh, 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 anyone, now I can't just say females, child care is very important. So you got to figure out how much I got to keep my kids be taken care of while I'm going to, going to work, and how much you know, I'm going to make at the end of the day. And so... Right now, we're going to see a transition, okay, in the way everything is being done. Like we have said earlier on in his prayer that things, no 
matter where you go, no matter where you shop at, the shelves are being empty. No matter, uh, you know, uh, what you uh, thought you could buy, the prices are going up. Let me tell you this. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago about these log jams on the east and the west coast with these cargo ships. Well, since we had that last conversation, okay, the number of ships is now over 100 waiting to be unloaded. And guess what? They still coming. And guess what? If you're ordering stuff for Christmas or you're making plans for the holidays or you're going to have a big dinner, uh, whatever you want to do, uh, these fires is uh, making the prices grow up because the, the land has been burnt. When they used to go having California, we talking about all summer here about the wildfires, but now we about to pay the price of those wildfires. The stores do not have the vegetables or the fruits that you want to have. Like the wine's going to go up because Napa Valley, uh, the fires came in some cases came too close out there, and so right now. This is going to create other problems, and that's going to mean that the store shelves will not have it. And if you do have it, the price is going to be out, 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 out you know, over the top. And now, let me say this to you, please: do not get mad, okay, at the store, okay? Do not get mad at the employees in the stores. They had nothing to do with this. This is happening worldwide. It's not just happening in St. Louis. It's not just happening in Detroit. It's not just happening, you know, in Scottsdale or San Francisco. Everywhere you go right now, even if you go shop online, you probably get a sign saying, now, not in stock. We don't have it right now. So, again, we're living in, in, in and I know Reverend said this over the, over the years that we have his prayer, that we live in some crazy times right now. Amen. You know, I mean, some crazy times. And so, you're not to look too far, okay? I said, look no further right now than your neighborhood store, okay? You know, you go in there, the shelves are empty for something. As a matter of fact, you see a lot of stores not cutting back to hours, okay, that, that, they, that you can shop. What I suggest to people, if you can, store stocking up now as soon as you can, if you can, which you can afford. Especially on, on, on things like toilet paper. I mean, you know, stuff like that, you know, uh, you know, uh, napkins and stuff like that, and that's imperishable. Or your food, or your food, canned goods and stuff like that, because we are about to go into a winter that's going to be real tough, real tough. Okay, and so right now, uh, if you haven't prayed before, you can start praying right now. And, 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 and if, uh, if, if you go out, please don't be impatient with the people in, in the stores, because they're not going to be uh, their fault. Okay, as this as this as this is going on. Yeah. They are calling sleep with hours? Yes, oh, yes, okay. Uh, right now, uh, we just got our guest just called in because we have a very, very special show. As I mentioned to you early on before we went to the break, okay, that uh, that the gentleman, uh, uh, I guess, I can't think of, you know, they had a word icon. They, they People come out all kinds of words that describe a person, okay? But, uh, when General Colin Powell died this past way this past week, okay, uh, you're going to continue here all week and next for months to come. All the things that he did that changed our lives, and one of the things he did was made us safe. If people recall, uh, when, he was, when he became up through the ranks, became, you know, 
Yes, we're in Madison, Virginia, her home place, and right now I'm sitting, because the internet service here is as challenging as, as it could be, I'm mm -hmm. sitting at a um, location right off of 29, Highway 29, um, so that hopefully we don't have an inter interrupted communications. Okay, well, thank you, okay. <laughs> and we thank her also, okay, first of all, okay. Oh, yes. But anyway, no, 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 I know Rev and I, uh, Scott and I all know our wives are our best friends, you know, you know, and they, and they, they, they take care of us, okay, and keep us in, uh, Amen. going in the right direction. As they yes. said many times behind me, every, every great man does a, does a great wife, a great woman. Amen. And so, but anyway, I'm sorry to cut you off there, but okay, so right now, uh, in the thing that you've done, okay, uh, you kind of, um, uh, was leading now from the work you're doing. Well, now, how did you come involved with the uh, with you and Wayne? Because you guys are, are, are in two rare positions for black people in in, 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 up, in, uh, in up in the White House, so to speak. Okay, um, I wasn't necessarily holding it in my hip pocket, but I did neglect to mention, and I would be remiss. I appreciate you asking the question again, Ira. Sure. I am the president of the 9th and 10th House Cavalry Association, Buffalo Soldiers, and uh, Wayne and I met as a part of my relationship with the association, as well as a relationship that we have with the Department of um, Agriculture and Interior, and in that um, with Urban American Outdoors, um, the company, one of the companies that Wayne and Candace own and executive producers of, um, I was fortunate enough to meet them through a relationship with the Department of Agriculture's U.S. Forest Service um, in, a, in a partnership that we had beginning about 2012. So we've known each other now for almost 10 years mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and worked, in, worked in shared opportunities within that capacity. Okay. Now, one of the things, okay, that I know Wayne uh, is, is a blessed young man or in very talented. He sits on several boards up in up in up in Washington that he's the first time black to be on some of the boards. Can you tell about a couple of those that you know of? Yes, uh, one in particular. Well, in fact, I can tell you about two of those. One, um, I share space with uh, him through uh, Saving Our Daughters and Sons, um, mm -hmm. a nonprofit that they, that they own. Um, called uh, the acronym being SODAS, again, mm -hmm. Saving Our Daughters and Sons. Mm -hmm. And um, as a part of the Department of Agriculture and Department of Interior's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Mm -hmm. and, and then there's a uh, wildlife and, his, uh, and, and um, living sportsman conservation entity mm -hmm. that's, a that's a presidential appointee for Wayne mm -hmm. that, that I also, um, as of president of Barack Obama's administration, I've, I've had the pleasure of serving as his uh, assistant in that, in, in that environment. Mm -hmm. and, and that particular environment and community's focus is on conservation uh, mm -hmm. for, and within our uh, public lands, mm -hmm. as well as endangered, and, 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 uh, focus well on, on endangered species. And I remember one time when I was talking, I think it was on the show one time, that when he first went into his first meeting, okay, that all the blacks in the back in the back came out to see that black man sitting at the table for the first time in history. Yes, and from what, and from what we could tell for quite some time following into it, it took, you know, change takes time to 
um, I guess, settled and be digested. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but as time has gone on, and minimally in the foreground, his mm -hmm. presence as well as uh, contributions have been embraced. You know, um, it, it's an interesting environment. I mean, it's 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 a dynamic environment. But mm -hmm. but so far, I, I believe you know, from, from my perspective, there's some good good things and uh, achievements that are coming from that relationship. In fact, if I understood correctly, he was just in Washington D.C. Yeah. Uh, this month um, as a uh, as the chairperson of a committee uh, for, for for the uh, wildlife and um, conservation committee as it pertains to the uh, um, now believe it or not it, it's associated and figured with uh, ducks right the stamp, the stamp. And, and, i'm sorry say again no the duck stamp you're talking about yes you know and he served as a chair on that committee uh this this year and again within recent weeks so again, that would have been that would have been another first. That would have been the first time that a, a black male would have served in that capacity with that community. Yes, sir. Now, also, you also have another commonality that you that you guys that's located up in up in Kansas. Talk a little bit about that. Okay, uh, the commonality in Kansas, if I if I'm reading and tracking correctly, would be the Buffalo Soldier Park. Uh, the, the the circle of first that's located at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. Am, am, am yeah. I targeting that correctly? Okay. Well, with that, uh, with that, uh, more than a quarter of a century ago, um, in 1992, the first statue of, of a Buffalo soldier uh, in uniform, mounted cavalry trooper, uh, was installed and commissioned. The sculptor was a gentleman by the name of Eddie Dixon. But even as a precursor event to that. I mean, it took um, almost a quarter of a century, well, at least two decades, to get to that achievement. And that when uh, General Colin Powell, then an initial, um, a, a younger officer in the military, was at Fort Leavenworth for training, he, he came across and realized that and, under, and, and, and reinforced his understanding of Buffalo Soldier presence, uh, the mm -hmm. 10th Cavalry being activated at Fort Leavenworth. And, and with it, there was very little evidence of them ever even having had presence at that location. So at, at that time, in the early, in, in, in the mid to late 70s, he took on the baton to ensure that they became a public presence at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. And again, the initial installment was a statue of Buffalo, a mounted cavalry trooper, Buffalo soldier. And uh, since then, over the decades, um, that Buffalo Soldier Park transitioned into becoming a park of military first for, uh, uh, where, where bus were installed for black soldiers in honor of black soldier services. So therefore, a black, black soldier as well as airmen, because you also have um, uh, statues there that, that have been installed in commission in the name of um, General Benjamin O. Davis, as well as uh, who was the first black Air Force commander, as well as uh, General Roscoe Robinson, who was the first black uh, commander of the 82nd Airborne Division, which I had the pleasure of my first tour of military service being with the 82nd Airborne Division under General Robinson's leadership. Of course, now I was down in the company, I was at the division level, so I only got to see him from a distance. 
prior to them, we were contraband. We weren't citizens of the country. We were considered property. So therefore, we were not, we were not allowed to serve during peacetime. Mm -hmm. uh, therefore, July 28, 1866, Congress enacted legislation authorizing two cavalry and four infantry units. Within 18 months, the four infantry units were compressed into two infantry units and went from the numerical designations of 38 through 41st, and when compressed, went to being the 24th and 25th infantry unit. Now, um, initially, the, the, the initial designation was that they would serve west of the Mississippi and, and not be allowed to serve east of the Mississippi because the colonists um, either feared uh, men, black men with weapons, or they just did not want them intermingling in the communities. So therefore, they were dispatched out west. And in, and in my humble opinion, um, well, the, the their service included uh, throughout the well, the, the service included and endured throughout the Indian Wars. But mm -hmm. in my humble opinion, much beyond the Indian Wars, I submit to you that part of the social experiment was to determine which capacities men of color would be able to serve successfully in the United States military. As a result, even before the Buffalo Soldier Park and the, and the installation of the Buffalo Soldier statue and the circle and what ultimately became the circle of first at Fort Leavenworth, mm -hmm. these guys often served in first capacities. And, uh, and I'll give a couple of examples of those. Yes, they were cavalrymen, and yes, they were infantrymen. Yes, they mm -hmm. served through the Indian Wars. They served in the Philippine Insurrection, the Spanish-American War. Um, during World War One, Congress decided that soldiers of color would not be deployed to Europe because they did not want they did not want a couple of things. One, they did not want soldiers of color mixing with the Europeans, mm -hmm. and, and 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 two. In addition to not allowing soldiers of color to mix with the, uh, or should I say preventing soldiers of color mixing with the Europeans, they also did not want black officers leading white soldiers. Uh, now, the, 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 the first white soldier, I mean, I'm sorry, the first black soldier to graduate from West Point Military Academy in, in the late 1800s, about 1877-79, was Henry H. Flipper. Okay, uh, and of course, his time at the academy, being the only black cadet there, uh, was very torturous and very, you know, enduring for him. However, uh, he, he did successfully complete the academy and served on active duty as an officer in the military uh, that was later ushered out due to politics. Uh, okay. Now, but, but but in following him was um, was Lieutenant Alexander, who went on to teach at uh, as an adjunct professor at Wilberforce University, Wilberforce, Ohio. Mama, mama. Uh, however, however, oh yes, cool. Yeah. Shortly after he arrived there, he, he got sick and passed, and was replaced by the third graduate from the West Point Academy. Um, Lieutenant Charles Young, okay, and, and I mentioned um, Lieutenant Charles Young, not only as a third graduate, uh, but Lieutenant Charles Young went on to serve in numerous capacities. 
initially as a uh, you know a, a, as an infantry a cavalry uh, soldier he, he served under uh, theodore roosevelt um and now the buffalo soldiers were present at um san juan hill but the battle that saved the rough rush rough riders did not occur on san juan hill it occurred on kettle hill and if the buffalo soldiers weren't there they may very well have perished mm -hmm. now Moving yeah, forward, you, you, you know, Michael, I have to say, as I would be remiss, okay, my father fought in World War One, okay, and uh, and during that time, he had to fight in front of the French flag, not on the American flag. Yes, and I was, and as I progressed, I was definitely going to speak to that, because, um, but now yeah. as early, but but aside from military service in 1903, uh, Cap, then Captain Charles Young was assigned as, the, as one of the first acting superintendents for what ultimately became the National Park Service. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with, 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 for the, over the uh, Yosemite and Sequoia Forest. Wow. You know, so, you know, so uh, during his tenure, there was a trail that was built to the top of Mount Glacier, which is the highest peak in the continental U.S. That trail is still used today to get to the peak of that mountain. Wow, and, and Charles Young and uh, Captain Charles Young and the Buffalo Soldiers built that, constructed that trail. Uh, Captain Charles Young went on to serve in Haiti as first black ambassador, and, wow. and later in Africa, where unfortunately he passed, he was assigned there uh, to, to 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 lead road construction and infrastructure capabilities. But he got yeah. sick and died. Ultimately, he was exhumed and brought to laid and laid to rest in Arlington Cemetery. Wow. You know, now and much later, as you mentioned, you know, during World War One, again, um, the Congress and, and and the leadership in this country did not want black soldiers deployed to the uh, theater in Europe. Mm -hmm. So therefore, those that actually served in Europe, you're correct, they served under the French flag, and you know, and and, and it wasn't until the early 2000s. That those soldiers were returned to France in, in a commemoration exercise, um, a, a, should I say, ceremony, and awarded the French uh, Croix de Guerre, which is the equivalent of the Medal of Honor. You know, so I mean, so, so they did finally get recognition for their service in, uh, with with the French military. Now, as and then as time progressed, by the time we got to World War Two, you know, paratrooping and um, aircraft were introduced to the military. You know, um, many are aware of the Tuskegee Airmen. Uh, many are also not clear on the fact that the Tuskegee Airmen were not, did not serve with the Air Force. They served with the Army Air Corps. You know, uh, those pilots have gotten a lot of fanfare for the success and achievements and protection of the bombers that they that they escorted. You know, um, but they, but there were numerous black soldiers on the grounds that served as mechanics and and, and technical people keeping those aircraft of uh, flight. You know, uh, but at the same time, the military entered paratrooping service. No, know, no, my, 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 let me go back to the to the Tuskegee Airmen. Uh, you kind of glaze over the fact, okay, that they never lost lost a plane, okay? That they no, were, they okay. <laughs> that they were, that they were escorted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, in fact, initially the white the white pilots did not want them to escort them. However, 
uh, once they realized the success that was achieved and, and, and the fact that all of the bombers were able to return safely, they, uh, some of them chose to not fly without the blacks, uh, without the black pilot escort uh, of, of the Tuskegee Airmen, which became uh, publicly known, uh, uh, popularly known as the Red Tails. You know, yeah. uh, now and, and and then I was I was about to mention also uh, during World War II, not only aircraft were used, but uh, soldiers turned to uh, paratrooping service, jumping out of airplanes. You know, mm-hmm. and, and 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 there were black soldiers that volunteered to serve as paratroopers, thinking that it would enhance their opportunities to serve in the European theater. Instead. They were deployed to Oregon and trained to defuse bombs. Um, they were later assigned to work with the Forest Service and and, 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 and then to, to, to jump into fires and help the Forest Service with putting through a distinguishing, well, I'm sorry, extinguishing forest fires. There was a classified portion to their mission because Japan was floating uh, balloons, helium balloons with Fugu bombs attached to them. And, 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 and the paratroopers' duties were if they were to identify a parachute and it had a fugal bomb attached to it, if they could, they were to defuse it before it detonated. So that were, therefore, it was the classified portion of their mission. However, within society, those paratroopers also earned the distinguished, the, the distinguished uh, service of becoming the very first smoke jumpers for the Forest Service. Wow. You know, so uh, those that served with, with, with uh, Charles Young, who ultimately rose to be a colonel and mm-hmm. the highest ranking black military officer during that time frame, uh, served as some of the first national park rangers. And here it was uh, 40 years later that those that served as smoke jumpers became the very first uh, smoke jumpers for the for, uh, for the Forest Service. Wow. You know, so, so so we had a lot of military force, and in my humble opinion, in some ways, um, this was a social experience, a, a social experiment that not only introduced us to military service, but also demonstrated our capabilities to be functioning and and and, and, and contributing to our citizens within the American society. Oh yes, I'll, I mean I, I think I think one of the things okay that uh, as you know as I kind of, I kind of like history. success mm-hmm. 
Well, in the, during the 90s, he went to uh, General Fred Gordon, who was an alum from the early 60s, I believe 1962, when the, uh, General Gordon graduated from the academy, and asked about the, the, the opportunity to replace that rock that was hidden in a corner in an obscure location with a monument. Okay. Well, over time, and uh, prior to his passing, prior to Staff Sergeant uh, Trooper Sanders Matthews passing, uh, the, the decision was made, and uh, General Garden, had, well, the General Garden had approached the Academy, um, and the decision was made to sculpt the monument to be placed on Buffalo Soldier Field wow. and to replace the rock. Well, the same sculptor that sculpted the artifacts at the Circle of Forest at Fort Leavenworth. Mm-hmm. A gentleman by the name of Eddie Dixon sculpted, and it was determined that that sculpture, the the, the monument that would be sculpted at, uh, at at the United States Military Academy would be in the likeness would be in the likeness of Staff Sergeant Samuel Matthews. Wow. Okay, so here it was on September 10th um, of 2021. The monument was installed on the campus and it just so happened that if she would have survived september 10th was the birthday of trooper sanders matthews spouse miss mm-hmm. coralie sanders wow i'm sorry miss coralie sanders um, matthews um mm-hmm. she would have been 102 years of age september 10th of this year mm. you know so it, it's just and oh by the way that i mentioned that the president the current sitting president of the uh, West Point, the, the Buffalo Soldiers West Point Association, is is Dr. Andrea Matthews, Trooper Sanders, Trooper Sanders Matthews' granddaughter. Thanks. Wow. Now, Mike, you can also be remiss, okay? Uh, presently, okay, you have you mentioned the 1910 Cattle Hill You have certain leadership posts that your own self. So let's talk about that. I mean, you're not being. I mean, you're going to talk about. Michael has also played a role here, okay, in some of these going on. Well, uh, not not these going on directly, however. No, I mean, no, I'm talking about, you know, I mean, you know, in present times, okay, you've been able to oh, yes. uh, you know, participate. And that's why I said the thing, okay, that uh, what, what we're doing today, you know, a couple of years ago, Wayne and I were working on a project. Well, for Toyota, okay, and he sent me some footage, okay, that he had done. What, what's the general, you know, you know, on what we're talking about now? And that's why we kind of brought this out to show this now and tell the okay. history that, uh, that I know hasn't been told. And I want to tell them we didn't have the opportunity to do that now. And that's why I said, Michael, what you're doing, okay, is actually doing a documentary, a dissertation, what you want to call it. It's historical in the fact that nowhere in a book can you get all of you just said about the roles that the blacks play in our history of the military. Yeah, yes, you know, and as far as uh, my most recent roles are concerned, when you mentioned the, uh, the the work that that was done with Toyota, with, uh, mm-hmm. with Trooper with Trooper Wayne Hubbard, mm-hmm. uh, Wayne is a member of our National Association. And, mm-hmm. local DC, and 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 my DC chapter. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we were at, we we were in uh, Fort Missoula, Montana, shortly after that, mm-hmm. uh, to meet 
to, to meet some kids that were brought in uh, through the Forest Service Conservation, Youth Conservation Corps, that traveled from Massachusetts, Baltimore, and I believe Birmingham, Alabama. Uh -huh. And um, I flew from D.C. to Missoula to meet with them and talk with them about the, the, the life and achievements of the Buffalo Soldiers. Uh -huh. Well, um, my connecting flight was through uh, Colorado. And, 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 and it so happened that we weren't able to land in Colorado immediately, so the flight that we were on was diverted to Wyoming to refuel, get, get back to the air, and land in Colorado Springs. Wow. Okay. Well, and I'm thinking, wow, we've been diverted and we've been delayed, so it's no way in the world that I'm going to catch a plane to um, Missoula, Montana tonight, you know? So, and then I walk onto this concourse that was full of senior gentlemen. You know, I was I was wearing a Buffalo Soldier windbreaker and okay. in a 555th uh, triple nickel cap, which the triple okay. nickel were the original paratroopers. Uh -huh. And when I walked in wearing this, these guys started clapping, you know. And I stopped and I asked, hey, what's going on? They said, well, you're wearing a cap, you know, of the triple nickel. And, and, and we well, are... We're talking, about, we're talking about the triple nickel right quick. Somebody well, uh, okay. Well, well, uh, well, I mentioned the triple nickel a little earlier, that one of the guys that served as the first black paratroopers that ended up being the first smoke jumpers for the Forest Service, you know? Well, these senior gentlemen were all retired smoke jumpers. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they were en route to Missoula, Montana for their 75th anniversary reunion. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. You know, it's funny, I guess, how God moves, you know, and things happen for a reason, you know. Because, yes, you know, because here it was, you know, we had a group of kids that were traveling, teenagers that, that were traveling, uh, that, that were members of the Forest Service Youth Conservation Corps that, that, that were on point for a visit to, those, uh, to conduct some trail walks through some uh, severely burned areas, that uh, forest areas that burned during the, in the early 80s. Mm -hmm. And uh, visit visit the Forest Service watchtowers for the forest, uh, for for the smoke jumpers to be able to respond to uh, burning burn areas. And these guys said, told me, they said, hey, "Well, look, while you're here, bring the kids out to the hangar." So after we uh, completed everything that we were supposed to do with the Forest Service, we got mm -hmm. an opportunity to go over to the airfield. Oh wow! And and, and, and they not only gave the kids, uh, the of teenagers, a tour of the airfield. The uh, hangars, the aircraft that they, that they jump from. Uh, they also uh, performed a jump demonstration for them, so that they could actually see oh, them wow. jump out of the planes. So you know, so so it was, so it was a. Oh yes, uh, oh yes, you know. So, um, it, it, it was it was one of those occurrences in life that I that I probably will always be proud to mention to someone that happened. Well, no, I'm, I'm proud, okay? That, that's why I said, when, when I thought about this show, what we were going to do, okay, and talking to Wayne and kind of just, you know, you know, uh, you know being a, 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 you know, uh, archivist for lack of better description, you know, and I, and I know that uh, the Buffalo Academy, the Buffalo Soldiers, okay, had did so much, okay, you know, to change the history. Like I said, my father, you know, was, you know, fought in World War One. You know, and uh, and you know, and uh, and 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 they and they weren't exactly treated the best. Okay, when <laughs> well, they were when they were abroad, you know what I'm saying? Oh yes. But they had they had they had tails on and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? They travel. 
he, he viewed himself as a servant leader and trusted that those that, that, that possessed certain qualities were those that he wanted to surround himself with. And, and, and what I mean by that is that, you know, you have people that are professionals within their domain. Mm-hmm. Some of them manage within that domain mm-hmm. and, uh, and others of them consistently lead within the domain, testing the boundaries, um, attempting to implement change, not for the sake of change, but for the betterment of the overall mission. Yeah. And, and in my opinion, those are the types of leaders that General Powell chose to surround himself with. And, you know, and, 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 and part of the impetus from that was because of his experience in Vietnam, when the mission was not clearly uh, uh, promulgated or explained, the desired outcome of the mission and deployments were not clear, and, and, and what success would look like was not clear. You know, um, he, my understanding is that General Powell took on uh, a mantra and, and a focus that uh, during his service and when he would be able to control uh, the domain from, uh, from, 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 from the apex, that he would never allow that to happen under his watch. Right, cause one, one, like you said, Michael, one thing that that he actually did once the journals, okay, kind of designated him, you know, to do some investigation, okay, on some rumors that the letter came in about a lot of atrocities that were going on during on, on the Vietnam War there, you know, with the people dubs and a whole lot of stuff like that, like you said. So he was picked, okay, to investigate those things, and that was, like you said, kind of, they would put him in a position with the right people, okay, that he can actually have a you know, connection to the power structure that allows him to be able to, you know. See, that's one of the things, okay, you have to take advantage of the opportunity when opportunity comes your way, and he was prepared, okay, to step in there, you know. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, yes, you know, I mean, it, it, you don't you, you don't prepare and grow for the job that you have. Mm-hmm. You prepare and grow for the job that you aspire to achieve, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and in General Powell's case, you know, my understanding is that he not only served as chief staff under one administration, he did this under two administrations. Yeah. He began to serve as a military advisor and national security advisor as early as uh, President Ronald Reagan's era. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then and, and then as the Joint Chiefs un, uh, under um, the, uh, the first uh, George W. Bush, uh, yeah. and, and then and then uh, Bill Clinton. And, you know, and, and then as a Secretary of State for uh, George W. Bush, you know, um, the, the son, you know, um, and, and in doing so, he changed systems, Right. you know, and, and what I mean by that, you know, prior to his engaging the diplomat community, the diplomat community was led by, and the decisions were made at the apex that were pushed down to the rank and file, the people that were in the trenches. Whereas, whereas General Powell, uh, I'm sorry, uh, at that time Secretary of State Powell, uh, chose, to, chose to work and ensure that information was flowing from the rank and file, from, 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 the, from, from the people that were in the trenches uh, that were impacted by the experiences that they were living within those communities uh, of interest. And, and, and that that those attributes remain factored into decisions that were pushed to the foreground. 
and and, and, and allow for the opportunities for not, not only decisions to be made, but relationships to be built as a result. And instead of having uh, puppeteers in the rank and file, actually having actual leaders in the rank and file that took the initiative to make what needed to happen for the betterment of, uh, of our foreign service as well as our society. You know, you know Michael, that's one thing, okay, that people are not aware of, okay. We in this country admire and watch his, his rise, okay, but what he did, okay, was seen around the world, okay, as, a, as, a, as an ambassador, you know, for the, for the, for the uh, you know, as Secretary of State, okay, he is the main person that can carry the policy for the United States. And so he's able to, to go places nobody could go before. Yes, he was, and he would always carve time out, not to, not to just meet with the political leads mm -hmm. that that, um, that be they are domestic uh, mm -hmm. citizens that were in diplomatic roles and ambassador roles. Uh, he also chose to meet with uh, directly with the foreign uh, right. dignitaries too. You know, mm -hmm. to, to get their perspective on how they felt were happening, and and, and he had an uncanny ability to be able to lend when, when when he was getting straightforward feedback versus um, placated feedback. But then that's what, see, one thing that Colonel Powell, General Powell, was able to do, okay, being a man from the street, okay, if you're in Harlem up there, okay, you're from the, you're from the street, okay, it's called like it is. And those things never get out of your system. This is true. And so, so right now, when I, when I go places, I'm trying to show you the same way, okay? I know you are, but for Louisiana, okay? We never meet an enemy, or we always meet a friend, and we're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna give you the janitor and the guy over on the street, okay? You are, you're going to be a friend. We're going to talk to you. Oh, yes, you know, in fact, you know, at the very beginning of this conversation, we mentioned our best friends. Mm -hmm. well, well, you know, uh, one of the first visits to New Orleans when Elise and I were dating, uh, because okay. in addition to the 28 years that we were married, uh, uh -huh. we've been, we, we've dated, have been married now for a little more than 34 years, right? And on one of the so first occasions that my mother asked me to go to the store, mm -hmm. she told Elise, she said, look, you need to go with him. Because I'm gonna tell you now, he does not meet a stranger, and he'll be out there all evening <laughs> talking to people. <laughs> that sounds like my wife, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But see, but see, that's that, that's the thing, okay? My wife uh, in my office a couple of years ago, sent a man over there said, "No, you told my wife, I don't collect people. I mean, you collect people, I collect people, but those people are people, are everyday people, okay? That are drawn to us." And we never know down the road, okay, how that's going to play out in life. This is true. Very you know, true. You know, if you never meet a stranger, okay, you, you, you go anywhere in the world, you're not going to be lonely. You know, and, and you also never know how you impacted or how you can be impacted by those that you meet. Amen. And, and, and sometimes it doesn't come to the foreground immediately. The only time it seems to really come to the foreground immediately is if it's ex extremely pleasant or extremely non-pleasant. Um, <laughs> mm. You know, but in between there, there are a plethora of occurrences that the light tends to come on later. And say, wow, it's a good thing I saw that happen. You know, or a good yeah. thing that 
I'm watching that play out because it's definitely applicable here and it helps prepare me for what I need to do next, you know? That's like now, okay, the relationship that you and I have developed, okay, two Wayne, Wayne's the same way, okay? <laughs> and, you know, had that same personality, you know, and, and but, but, but in doing that, uh, at the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Buffalo Soldiers, okay, uh, most of them actually, you know, were Southern people. You know what I mean? And they, like the gentleman you met, okay, and you was, you was, you know, having the pain problems. They saw you as a friend. You know what I'm saying? They, they, oh yes. They had no problem. Hello. 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 They had no problem coming to your rescue. And it, and it became Very true. Become one hell of a hell of a, a pleasant opportunity. And that's the way Bull uh, Powell was. When he, anywhere he went in the world, like you said, okay, he didn't just talk to the, you know, the higher-ups, okay? He wanted to get down with, with the engine, so to speak, you know, not, not just the chiefs. You know, he wanted to get down with, with the people down there that knew the, the, the facts of life. This you know, the true. what's going on, and, you know, and by doing that, okay, you figure out, you know, up from the ground up, okay? Matter of fact, uh, one of our, uh, our, at our the NASDAQ Chamber of Commerce, our executive director, Chuck DeBow, just joined the call. So let me kind of preface Chuck, okay, uh, to your Michael. Michael, meet Chuck DeBow. Chuck DeBow, meet Michael. But, but having said that, Chuck is the same way. If he travels the world, okay, Chuck is the type of person that's talking to anybody on the street. The person that, you know, that, that you know, he talks to the friends of their countries and stuff, but he still has some for the little man. And that's the same kind of attributes that General Powell had. Oh, yes. Did of recognition of our fellow man or how you take a position of responsibility and, and deal with it. Well, and that's what Colin Powell did, okay? Yeah, Colin Powell was extremely popular because of, because of that dimension of his personality, which is uncommon in uh, military ranks, but really in corporate, corporate management as well. One of the things that, that is really, I think, a key point about Colin Powell was that he rose to the highest levels, but he didn't go to the academy. And, you know, he didn't go to West Point. And when you come out of, like, uh, Annapolis, West Point, or uh, the Air Force Academy, you are already in management 
levels. You know, you're like management material, and you've been trained in, in so, you know how, how in a movie you watch it, they always talk about the enlisted men versus the officer's club and all that kind of stuff. So he didn't have that, uh, you know, he didn't have that bourgeois attitude about in a military sense or in regular mankind. And he kind of, uh, after his public service, he kind of showed his own uh, opinion or, or, or disposition as he just came out and said that he thought uh, President Trump was uh, divisionary uh, and that he was dividing people, not bringing it together, and he didn't support that. He didn't like that. But uh, that's a great example that we all can use about listening to somebody else's opinion. You know, I try to do that as much as possible, but then you really have to get intelligent and <laughs> to know when not to listen <laughs> or when. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know, you could be standing there talking to uh, uh, somebody you thought was really nice, you know, but it might turn out to be the devil. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but well, you know, and, and, and also this is my, you know, and, and also in terms of uh, General Powell's and. and, and one instance in his military experience, you know, no, he did not attend uh, the United States Military Academy, but he did attend the uh, Combined Arms uh, Center at Fort Leavenworth for um, his MBA, in, you know, for his master's degree. And just prior to his graduating, about six months prior, he was named the commander of the 101st Airborne Division. Wow. That's wild. And... But there, but there was a challenge there, you know. Um, the combined air, I'm sorry, the combined arms center had a strict policy against providing waivers on graduation. And so he was he was he was lying to report prior to graduating from the academy, you know, from the from the um, combined air uh, combined arms center. So, so so the combined arms center told him that he either needed to decide if he wanted to get his degree or if he wanted to take his command. So during the close of your time frame um, at, for, for, for his master's at the center, there's a there's an international travel component that's normally associated with it. Well, instead of taking the international excursion, which is just a, a visit and fun and games, you know, um, like a, a group of students get together and travel abroad for a little for a couple of weeks. He decided to go to Fort Campbell and, and, and talk to the leadership there about taking his command. Mm. And you know, in doing so, and you know, in doing so, in a uh, temporary, in, in what we call a PDY, a temporary duty assignment capacity. Mm-hmm. Well. The uh, command at uh, Fort Campbell said, well, no, that can't happen. Either you're permanent here or you're not. So he was able to convince the combined home center to allow him to serve the rest of his time in a temporary duty capacity at the combined home center and be assigned as commander at Fort Campbell while TDY at combined home center. So, you know, that opportunity to leave and color in between the lines, you know, uh, you know, to me, that's something that managers do. 
whereas the opportunity to lead and uh, the move are uh, a show that there's also sustenance outside of the lines of what leaders do. And, and I think that that's a stellar example of what General Colin Powell brought to the table as, as a consummate leader uh, in, in the military as well as in his civil service as a statesman. You know, one thing, Michael, you know, what you just said there, you know, even even in recent times, okay, even this year, uh, Colin Powell and General Powell was being seen and speaking, okay, and nobody had the slightest idea, okay, of all the hell issues he had to deal with. No, you know, and, 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 and one key piece that I neglected to mention and what I just explained mm -hmm. is that General Powell always approached the scenario with it in mind on how to get to yes, you know, and, and not how to avoid no. It was always mm. about how to get to yes. Yes, sir. And, 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 <laughs> and that's key. Chuck, that sounds like you, Chuck. Michael, did you serve under uh, General Powell? Uh, no, I did not serve directly under his state. Um, however, during Desert Shield, Desert Storm, I was stationed at, uh, on Bowman Air Base with the Defense Intelligence Agency. At, um, at, by that point in my, in my military career, I was uh, providing information system and communication system services uh, as an enlisted soldier, senior non-commissioned officer in the Army. Um, and while he was uh, Joint Chief of Staff, I was stationed at Bowling. Uh, later on, I went on to um, Korea and then back to the Pentagon with the Army, uh, Army, Army Operations Center, Information Systems Command, Pentagon, and then uh, NATO. When, when NATO deployed during the first time in history, I was stationed with Allied Forces System in Brunson, Netherlands. And uh, when, when NATO deployed to Bosnia Herzegovina. Um, and then uh, my last tour was at the Command Control Support Center. At the, um, at, at the Pentagon, and I, I retired transitioned from military service at the end, at the end of 1998, 1 January 1999. Uh, 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 Chuck, uh, he's up in Silver Springs, where you are in that area up there in the D.C. area. Right around the corner. You're right, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay, in Rockville. I'm in Rockville, okay, I, I live just off of Georgia Island, exit of the Beltway. When you, get, when you pull off on oh, the yeah. Avenue. Yeah. I'm just trying to the neighborhood. I'm, I'm, I'm in, that, in that area. Oh, there's a lot of traffic. A lot of traffic up there. <laughs> Gentlemen, I have a question. Yes, sir. Go ahead, man. My question is, is don't nobody be able to explain about classified? The question is just like I said, classified. What is classified? You've been in the military. I've been in the military. Don't nobody never come back with what classified is. What about the classification? What is it? What's this? What's that? Explain it. I got my opinion in, in, uh, about it, but I'm not going to really keep it to myself because some things you can't speak out on because people don't understand. Okay, well. But with that said, if you have your opinion about what it is, and some people can't speak out on it, and you're going to keep it to yourself, 
I asked you why that because I wanted to know. I wanted to know what you had so I could see what I got. Chuck, I'm, cl- I'm satisfied. Yes, but, but, but what, that, what that clearly is saying that it can be manipulated. Mm-hmm. You know, it's by particular groups of people and, and somebody deems what's necessary or what's not. But let me ask you this, what prompted you to bring that, that, that topic up? That, I brought that up because I hear that a whole lot. You know, in, in a situation when you're dealing with people that are all disclassified, this, that. Well, then why you bring it up? Why did they bring up about classification? They don't want you to know about why should they they don't tell you about. They why they keep this from you, with, regardless of what the definition said, but why they keep it from you? Because you involved in it. The individual person is involved with when he asks the question, why is this classified? Well, let me let me kind of jump, uh, jump and not having been in the service, okay, with you being a, a medic in, 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 in the Vietnam War, okay, and fighting on the ground, there were things that you had that you knew about that, that you didn't talk about, and, and, and with Michael doing what he did in the service, and how, okay, so he's got all three of you, okay, with different areas, okay, that you only had information that need to know not only you and those people that were involved in your circles. Did I ask that right, uh, uh, Michael? Uh, Michael? I, I, I think that's a lie. That's you. You own it,
was the keynote at the 25th anniversary ceremony that we held at Fort uh, Leavenworth. And, and, and we're not, uh, if I may, I apologize for not mentioning or being clear sooner earlier, but uh, we're not an academy. We are the 9th and 10th House Cavalry Association. Um, the association was established by a gentleman that had actually served with the units in 1966. The, uh, they, and they served with the units during World War II and the Korean War, the Korean conflict. Um, in 1966, they established an association and, and, and agreed to meet annually to follow up and camaraderie and business of the association. Uh, today, the association has uh, grown, um, which was founded in Kansas City, Missouri, has grown to uh, approximately 27 chapters nationwide, from as far north on the western seaboard as Washington State, to um, far south on the western seaboard as San Francisco, across most states on the lower southern seaboard, and some of central United States, and as far north as uh, Delaware on the eastern uh, United States. But we are, we are the 9th and 10th Horse Cavalry Association. And in Delaware, there's the 24th Infantry uh, Combat Regiment also, the sister association. So, Chuck, uh, go ahead, Chuck. Go ahead. Chuck, well, anyway, I, I, I'm saying well, these are things, okay, that traditionally we have not heard about. And you know, I know Chuck, I'm kind of getting to your council. Uh, Michael, if you allow know, I me. Mean, Chuck, a lot's been going on with the National Chamber of Commerce and the time we have left. Could you kind of update us with it, please? We're, uh, man, we're, we're I know. too busy with uh, really a lot of exciting and good things. This past week, I've kind of been a little bit more focused on our international mm -hmm. uh, uh, development. But at the same time, the first thing that I'm really proud and uh, really to reference and to announce that we have launched our grant program in association with a tribute to the founder of famous famous chocolate chip cookies, Mr. Wally Amos, and their their foundation has put $150,000 for us to grant three business business owners $50,000 each. That uh, program just went live uh, yesterday, and you can go to famousamos.nationalbcc.org and get the information. But you can apply. Three times. <laughs> famousamos.nationalbcc.org, and you get all the information. Now I'm going to say one more time: Famous Amos, as in the chocolate chip cookies. Famous Amos dot nationalbcc.org and you'll find out all this information about how you can apply for this $50,000 grant. And, Amen. <laughs> and just by signing up, we're going to give you a membership to the National Black Chamber of Commerce and the American Dream Marketplace and all the resources that we got in those organizations are now accessible to you. But I'm going to personally mentor those that make it to our semifinals. But we've got SCORE, micro-mentors, and three of the top-level personal coaches that are going to advise you on not only your business, but the best 
navigable path to winning or earning that fifty thousand dollars. You can't beat that. Amen. Yeah, and then guess what else? <laughs> I was put together a dynamic program on how you can gain access to one of our grants for Blockchain Academy. That's a five thousand dollar value and you get a scholarship that's a six week online course and once you complete it, you qualify for a job that starts at $175,000 a year. Amen. So, <laughs> yeah, so we, we want to put some value right back to you, but it's engagement. We want to talk to you. We want to hear what your situation is and how we can best help you. Yeah, I can, uh, and also I can add on, on that $175,000, on or if you want to work from home now, a lot of people are doing that, you can make $85,000 from working from home also. Yes, sir. Know, those don't want you know, get in that environment again as we transition because right now as we all know this COVID-19 process is not over yet you know uh, it's laughing well but not not only that okay you know you're talking about on the international what, what tell us a little bit about what's going on internationally coming up on November 30th we're having a trade investment delegation is going to Sierra Leone West Africa by invitation of the president. You know, a few weeks ago, I was telling you the president was here and uh, of Sierra Leone, and he wanted to meet us and see who we got, what we got, and what's real, and all these different things he could speak on. And uh, so we did that, and they were impressed with our resources, and now they're going to host us and have and introduce us to businesses there. Uh, that they want us to work with to develop uh, economic opportunities within their country. Some of it might be agriculture, some of it might be infrastructure or information technology. There's no limits to it. And in quiet as kept, we don't talk about it enough, but Sierra Leone's very well known for its diamonds. And so we're going to look into seeing if there's a way that we can make it a little bit more accessible for small business owners you know, whether they're in the jewelry business or whether they just want to buy and sell. But we're going to tap into the best they got to offer and see what we can come up with. Amen. unbelievable right there, okay? And so the delegation right now, how long are you guys going to be down there? About five days. Okay. And you can get information on it. Just uh, uh, email right into the Missouri Black Chamber. Everybody is welcome. Uh, and certainly, if you say, well, I may not go, but I have some interest in it, I'd like to learn what opportunities there are. And just to give you one, one good example, we have uh, an entrepreneur, it's a guy that happened to know a little bit about the healthcare industry. So if you can imagine healthcare in this era of telemedicine evolving, and then match that up with something similar like Uber. So you have software that you can set up an account on and go right into it and you can find a doctor or a nurse that can work with you right there online until you get to, if needed, a hospital or a doctor in person. But that allows the people in rural areas and away from uh, the main cities that where they really are lacking doctors and healthcare overall. So we presented that, and they really like that idea, but it has huge, huge implications. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of people that 
have never had uh, access to health care. So that's, that's one of the little things. If somebody had an idea, they came up with it, and we pitched it, and it seems to be a, a, a something that somebody might turn around and become a billionaire. And also, uh, I have to say, also, our chairman of the board, Larry Ivey, wrote an article that was featured on and Washington Post took me a copy the other night, okay? And it was very interesting. I'm talking about the status of black business in this country. You know, uh, and you know, the state of black business in this country. You know, if you get a chance to read that's October the 15th uh, again. And uh, uh, Scott, if I can, I'm gonna get that to you also, Scott. We may be put up on our website, also. Yes, sir. Okay, with Chuck, as usual, you know, uh, we at that time of the day when the clock is about, with today, uh, with Colin Powell, you know, uh, let me ask you one question, Chuck, if we get out of here. What was your thoughts about Colin Powell first about him as a leader? I was proud. I, I was I was proud, but he represented to me. He was it was unbiased, and he was it was great to see someone just kind of begin to be themselves and be a leader, and not. I mean, you some people that seem to not like people because of the way you look. Or there's some people that have an opinion about military people. Or some people that have an opinion about people that are in government in some way. But he went on to become Secretary of State and he did a very, very uh, uh, admirable, probably isn't even the right word. But he paved, he paved the way that, uh, I believe Condoleezza Rice came right behind him. And, you know, during that era, you saw a number of blacks in key positions but it was incidental that they were black you know and now in this ra- this range they kind of put their ethnicity a little bit more out front that because you folks voted for us we got some representation for you mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit different mm-hmm. uh, we're happy to take it you know you take it any way you can get it but it's a different thing those people back there were some of the most capable, most intelligent, and they just happened to be black. They, were they didn't really get, they didn't just put them in there. So I, I had a lot of respect for uh, Colin Powell. I never had a chance to meet him. Um, I do know that we had looked into uh, having him as a speaker at one of our events, but ooh, he, 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 I think he was a million dollars or something. That's how in demand he was. People love Colin Powell. Well, then, no, no. Michael, we want to thank you, okay, for uh, having lunch with us at the conference. Hope this is not the last time here, okay? And we uh, definitely have welcome invitation to come back. And I want to thank Rev as usual, and I want to thank Scott for all that he does. I want to thank Chuck uh Executive Director of the National Academy Conference. My name is Alan Folks. This is a frequency message on talkradio.com. I'm not going to put the conference. And please, wear a face mask. Please be safe. Love everybody. See you, this, see you next week when we're going to talk about those black Amen.
post, but I noticed that there seemed to be something missing. We had statues that paid tribute to men who had served gallantly. We have the memorial chapel with all of the wonderful plaques inside the memorial chapel. But where was the history of the Buffalo Soldiers, the 10th Cavalry, and other black units that came through here that played such an important role in the history of this part of Kansas and throughout the Southwest and as well as into the Northwest? And so I started a project at that time uh, to put up a statue to those brave troopers. And I had a specific idea with the statue. I wanted that black trooper to be in a uniform just like the white troopers. I wanted him to have U.S. on his collar just like the white troopers, buttons on his blouse just like the white troopers, a rifle, a horse, a cavalry hat. Because if black troopers could demonstrate to their fellow citizens throughout the country that they were the equal to white troopers, then how could we be denied our rights in this country? And that's why this was so important to me. And without sacrifices of men like them at that time and others who came along, I wouldn't have been able to rise in the Army to become chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And so this is an important part of not black history, but American history. Uh, and uh, Fort Leavenworth has been wonderful with respect to the building of the Buffalo Soldier Monument, headed by Commander Carlton Philpott, who for 25 years has been involved with this project. And I'm pleased to be back today on the circle of first to have a bust uh, in, in uh, my honor placed there. It's a great honor, but that bust is in the shadow of that trooper. And I'll never forget that, and I'll never forget what I owe him and so many others like him. It's, it's very moving because I had an idea, I had a vision, but I left here before I could even get it started. So we raised a little bit of money while I was here, and Brigadier General Lonnie Dougherty, who lives in Leavenworth, he passed recently, but I said to Lonnie, Lonnie, I'm going to be back one day, and don't, you know, don't let this drop. And Lonnie kept it alive, and then Commander Philpott came to the school, and he took it on as a passion. And he's been with it for all these years. So it means a lot to me to know that I had the vision, but I didn't get it done. Uh, the people on this post got it done, the citizens in Leavenworth got it done. And most of the money was raised by folks I was able to contact uh, throughout America who were willing to invest in this place that's somewhat, they would say, far away from New York or Los Angeles, but they did. And we created this, uh, this wonderful monument. It started out as a little statue and it became a fountain and then this and then now circle. I'm not sure where it'll end. This is the center of education for the profession of arms. And Leavenworth goes back, as you know, to the days of Patton and folks like that in the 30s, and that tradition continues now with modern facilities and with all the many places that our officers are required to go now and lead troops into combat, peacekeeping, humanitarian missions, a place like this is needed to make sure they get the best possible education and training. And so I'm pleased to be back and see all the changes that have taken place. And of course, the Buffalo Soldier Monument Pavilion uh, is in the center of it all. And it's become, I think, one of the major tourist attractions in eastern Kansas. That makes me very proud.